Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Today's date is January 11th and today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on page PXXVIII, that's three I's, fourth paragraph starting with men and women drink essentially, going just two sentences where it ends differentiate the true from the false. So we're going to drill down on those two sentences. Today's readers, and thank you for your service, Barb E, Deb W, Becca R. The reference numbers for yesterday, January 10th, the 10 a.m. meeting, 12406, that's 12,000. 406 7 a.m. meeting 12405 that's 12405 OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively there are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through the, through the through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Lori E. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Lori. Good morning. This is Lori E., recovered compulsive overeater from Iowa. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you for letting me serve this morning. I pass. Thank you, Lori. I will now ask for Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Anita. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside Philadelphia, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Uh, If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There are no abstinence requirements for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book on page XXVII, starting with the paragraph that starts with men and women drink essentially, just two sentences and ending with differentiate the true from the false, two very important sentences is what we're going to drill down on today. 
I will now ask for Barbara E. to get us started. Take it away, Barbara. Thank you, Amy, and good morning, everyone. Okay, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. Oh, my. Why do I compulsively overeat? I like the effect it has on me. It calms me, and yet it excites me all at the same time. I truly like the taste of food. But for me, when I eat certain substances like floury, sugary, salty, greasy, spicy foods, a craving takes over. My mouth waters, and I want more and more. I'm like a zombie, and I immediately start eating huge quantities of the foods I swore I'd never eat again. Poor me. Once I start, I can't stop. And if I do stop, I can't stay stopped. I am insane. The emotional part of my brain would seductively whisper in my ear, you can have just one. It won't hurt you this time, Barbara. You'll stop at midnight or on Monday or perhaps next month. The intelligent part of my brain would shout, Barbara, you're committing suicide by knife and fork. And look at the poor example you're showing your kids. And what are you doing to your relationship with your husband? But the emotional side always won out, sending me face down into the food. The steps in this book have taught me how to eliminate this obsession of my mind. So now, thank you, God, I don't even want to take that first impulsive, compulsive bite. Today, for today, I am neutral around those binge foods I mentioned. Today, I put everything in God's hands, and because of that, I see God's hands in everything. The 12 steps in this book and my guide showed me that my disease has three parts, physical, mental, and spiritual. The spiritual part of the puzzle always got me down. I couldn't get to the root of my troubles, whether I was eating or not. They are manifestations of being blocked off spiritually. Well, the big book tells me clearly that selfishness and self-centeredness are the root of my troubles. And I did not want to spend my life feeling restless, irritable, and discontent. And this book amazingly offered me a way out, a way out. But how do I achieve a psychic change I keep reading about, moving away from selfishness to selflessness, moving away from neediness to wanting to be of service? That's where those 12 steps and the big book come in. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. I work towards that every single day, imperfectly doing the best I can. That's why if I put the food down and I get abstinent, but I don't grow spiritually, my disease will continue to get worse because I would not have dealt with the root of my problem. And eventually I would eat again. And I did, and I did, gaining hundreds of pounds over the years before I stumbled into OA. 
And I had to learn about the craving and the obsession and the compulsion and the delusion and the remorse and the resolution and the insanity that would continue to strangle me to death. What choice did I have if I wanted to recover? I had to pick up the spiritual toolkit and it saved my life. I am so grateful to this program for pointing out that I am insane when it comes around food. I am a compulsive overeater and I want to recover. And to that end, my job today is to trust God, clean house, and help others. I am powerless over food and my life was indeed unmanageable until I came to believe that a power greater than me could and would restore me to sanity if I'd only opened the door a crack. Thank you so much for allowing me to do this service. Have a wonderful weekend. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, so we're now going to open up to others that would like to join the party. Who would like to share? Katie G. from Boston. Harley G. Ginger C. Melissa yeah. Fain. Liz T. Okay, this is who I've got. This is who I've got so far. No, that's okay, Susan. I just um, I got Katie G, Larry K, Harlan. No, oh, I'm drawing a blank on your last last initial. Oh, Harlan G. Sorry. Uh, Vasa O, Liz T. I'm missing, there was one other name in there. Oh, Ginger C. Melissa C. Oh, Melissa. Okay, so it was Melissa. Tina S. One, two, three, four, five. Tina S. Okay, that's who we're going to take for our first round. Katie G, Larry K, Harlan G, Melissa C, Vasa O, Liz T, and Tina S. Okay, take it away, Katie. Hey, Miss Amy, thank you for your service. Katie G recovered in Boston and, oh, so excited So somebody taught me, reframed this for me, that I eat because I yearn for unity and connection with God. Like, I'm not just looking for a hot fudge sundae. Like, food isn't that great. It's not. Like, um, and there's a lot of background noise. Um, It's it's not. Food isn't. Hold on, Katie. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, it's fine. Hold on. We got somebody needs to be muted, please. Thank you. Okay, so I eat, nope, there's still, okay. I eat because I like the effects produced by food, but it is actually um, a, a deeper yearning for unity and connection with God because when I'm, when I'm abstinent, I don't, I don't fit in because I'm constantly in my head and I'm constantly thinking and, and rehashing and refeeling and I'm in fear. And so I would go after that effect to take me out of that hole that I had inside of me and that really that hole can only be replaced by God, which is the purpose of the 12 steps. And I love that it says the sensation is so elusive, which means hard to grasp. And it's not saying the taste. It's the sensation is so hard to grasp that, yeah, it's injurious, but I cannot after a time differentiate the truth from the false which means I'm not in denial. Denial means I have the knowledge and I'm saying, no, it's not true. 
I'm in delusional thinking, which is false psychotic belief. I cannot differentiate the truth from the false. That this food is going to kill me, right? It's going to kill me. It's like being kicked to death by bunny rabbits. And yet, I'm going to still put it in my mouth. I'm in delusional thinking. And what I've also been taught is that inability to differentiate the truth from the false is a statement that echoes throughout my life. As a recovered woman, if I get into delusional thinking, I can't differentiate the truth from the false. What is God's will? What is my fear? What is God's will? What is my resentment? Which is why, you know, we say that the greater aspect of this malady is my mental obsession, is my mental illness, is my inability to differentiate the truth from the false without the, the 12 steps, without step 10, without um, all of you, without a God. So I really have to say that it was this line, these two lines were transformed for me and really helped me get that this isn't just because I want a hot fudge sundae. This is because I have this deep yearning for God and unity and oneness. And when I get entirely abstinent and have a spiritual awakening as the result of this steps, guess what? I fit into my body. Guess what? I'm out of my head. Guess what? I'm tethered to God. And it's just such a privilege to remember that, to know that, and to do that once more with you, all of you today. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Great, Katie. Thank you so much. Larry Kay, you are up. Go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Thanks for your service. Um, Larry Kay recovered this morning. You know, um, so so the bottom line uh, for people like us is once we swallow a bite, we have no ability to determine how many more bites are that are going to follow that first one. Might be two, might be 30. Uh, you know, depending on what day you catch me. But we never know which way it's going to go, and that's not normal. And I have a friend at work, uh, Joe, who he's not a compulsive overeater, and he keeps a big jar of Hershey's chocolate kisses on his desk. And as far as I know, Joe has never thought to himself, you know, I'm, I'm going to have three uh, chocolate kisses and then has 30. I don't know that he's ever even thought to himself in his entire life, I'm going to have a slice of a birthday cake with everyone, and lo and behold, he knocks down half the cake. Why? He doesn't get the effect that we do. The food doesn't do for him what it does for me. He's not a compulsive overeater. He doesn't have an alcoholic mind and body. You see, when an untreated compulsive overeater encounters a jar of chocolate, Hershey's chocolate kisses, that jar overwhelms every fiber of his being the rational side, the emotional side, their mind is tethered to that jar of chocolate in such an all-encompassing way they can think of nothing else. We are biologically mandated to eat it. There's no mental defense. There's not a single person on this line that could prevent me from consuming it, not one. And even thinking about eating it will bring a combination of calm, excitement, and comfortability for me. Remember what we read earlier in the doctor's opinion. This phenomenon of craving never occurs in guys like Joe, these temperate folks. That means to experience the phenomenon of craving, we have to take the first bite. So we go back to Joe here. Let's say Joe and I all day long, we've been thinking about having a Hershey's chocolate kiss all day, right? Wow, I can't wait till the end of the day when I can have one of those. And and when the workday ends, we sit down by the jar 
and each of us places a chocolate kiss in front of us, when Joe eats his, maybe even two, his desire for more will be satisfied. That's a normal reaction with, you know, when you have a treat. He eats his treat, his desire for more, satisfied. When I have unwrapped my silver foil and throw down a Hershey's kiss, my desire for more will become intensified. And that, my friends, is the phenomenon of craving, and it's abnormal, and it never occurs in guys like Joe. So even if it only occurs on occasion, not every time, it's still not normal. Even if that happens to you only 40% of the time, that doesn't mean you're not a compulsive overeater. That's a misconception. A lot of people come into the rooms and say to themselves, well, you know, there were nights when I had one, I'm just going to wrap up, when I had one donut. There were times, and and I went home, so maybe I'm not a compulsive overeater. Or there were days when I overate, but I didn't sneak into the bathroom to purge or run out to the gym. So maybe I'm not a compulsive overeater. Sorry, doesn't work that way. (laughs) And with that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Larry. Harlan G., you are up. Take it away. Thank you. Thank you, Amy G. I'm Har- uh, thank you for your service, and thank you to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. I spent many, many years of my life cursing myself a weakling. I spent many years of my life wishing I was dead. I spent many years of my life wishing I could be like my friends. I have friends of mine that could pick up a French fry in their left hand and they can continue a conversation and put the French fry down, pick it up 10 minutes later after the conversation is is deeper and the jokes are being told and eat half the French fry and put it down and push the plate away and say, I'm done, I'm full. I couldn't do that. It says here, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. And that effect is that sense of ease and comfort that comes instantly when I eat certain foods. It is a feeling that comes over me that is pure euphoria, but it's elusive. It only lasts for about nine seconds. My brain is wired that when the pain of not eating is upon me and the pain of not eating comes from, and we're going to delve into this much more on Monday, same bat time, same bat channel, but on Monday we're going to talk about the fact that the pain of not eating emanates from the buildup of everyday normal human emotions. And that in a normal human being, these emotions will dissipate through simple things. Playing with the cat, playing with the dog, driving out a bucket of balls, going to the gym, what have you. In us, the pain of not eating is so intense and so debilitating that the mind says, the mental twist says, eat an Oreo cookie. And the mental blank spot, the built-in forgetter, comes into play and says, this time it will be different. By blotting out the memory of the last million binges, and what does it say here? The sensation is elusive. It lasts about eight, nine seconds. We admit that we're killing ourselves, but we cannot differentiate the truth from the false. And what is the truth? The truth is 
this package of Oreo cookies will be as devastating or more so than every other one that I've ever eaten in my life. But my brain will tell me that this time it's going to be okay. This time it won't hurt me. This time it's going to be okay. And with that, I will pass. And that's a lie, of course. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Vasa O. You're, I'm sorry, Melissa C., you're up. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. Well, did you say Melissa C. or Vasa? I'm sorry. No, I did. I made a mistake. You, you were ahead of her. So go ahead, Melissa. Oh, okay. Thanks. Uh, good morning, Amy. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, I, this sensation, like, that, that is elusive, um, is why I eat, you know. And I always thought that the reasons I ate was because I liked the taste of food and I liked the texture and I liked the flavor and I liked the experience of it. And, frankly, I'm really hungry. Like, I, I took my data from my growling stomach. And, um, and so I would say, well, I'm really, really hungry. And... Um, and that is a lie, you know, that's the piece that I can't differentiate the true from the false for whatever reason, my biology, the way my, my body works, it's, it gives me false information. My stomach growling um, is not an indicator of actual hunger. And, you know, um, nothing for me demonstrated it more than, you know, when, when there were years that I took um, diet pills and... Somehow, you know, that's supposed to ease your hunger, and yet I could eat right through that. You know, I'm one of those people that I actually ate right through then, or I just wouldn't take it, you know, when I, want, when I really wanted to eat. And, you know, and, and the taste and flavor, well, that didn't really describe why, you know, I would eat anything at certain points of the binge. I would, you know, scrape the barrel, you know, the bottom of the barrel, looking for anything. Um, it wasn't just really good food that I was eating. It was it was anything that was going to give me that feeling of, ah, like that's what I was always looking for. And, you know, what was elusive about it was it didn't really work after a while. It, the amount that it took me just to get to zero increased, you know, so rapidly. And at the end, I needed so much food just to get to zero, just to get that ease and comfort. And it didn't even last. It lasted a second. And, you know, and every time that I would put the food down, what the, the great problem that existed for me was I, I forget. I can't differentiate the truth from the false. You know, my, my disease lies to me, and it, and it lies to me in my own voice. You know, it, it's a manufacturer from my own brain, so it knows exactly the right lie to get in the door, you know, because it knows it knows me best. It's a creation of me. And, you know, what did I need to do? I needed to get a lot of good information. I needed tight parameters around the food, and I needed to find that ease and comfort, that effect from something far greater than food that wouldn't elude me, that would be permanent, that would be lasting, that would really satisfy me. Thank you, but then I'll count. Thank you, Melissa C. Basta O, you are up. Please go ahead. 
Thank you, Amy. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive video calling from Florida. And I remember reading this paragraph. I remember saying, oh, that's me, that's me. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effects produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they, they admit it is injurious, they cannot, uh, after a time, differentiate the truth from the false. And uh, I had lost and gained many, many pounds over my lifetime until I came to Overeaters Anonymous, but I could not keep it off. I, it, my intentions were always good. Yes, I'm going to go to this diet. I'm going to do this. I'd be all ready, you know, and I would do it for two days or, or maybe a week, but the mental obsession will come back. Oh, now you can handle this one. It's not, just one. It's not going to hurt you. And then from one to another, and then I'd go into oblivion. I remember I was on the Weight Watchers. I'm a life member of the Weight Watchers. I'm a life member now over it as Anonymous. I left the Weight Watchers when I came to Overeaters Anonymous, and they were looking for my money, believe me. And I remember saying to them, I found something better. You know, I, I was not going to explain to them, you know, at that time. And this is it. I love the effects. You know, I love the effects of my sugars. I love the effects of the carbs, the crunchy things, the salty things. I loved it all about it, you know. But it did not last for very long. I would have it and not going to remorse and then go back on a diet or something. Or maybe I'll start tomorrow again. Nothing, nothing worked till I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I learned I had a hole in my soul. I had a, I had a hole in my heart, and I tried to fill it with food and things, you know, and uh, and it was a lie, you know. And, I mean, I like to eat. I'm really excited when it's time for me to eat, you know. And I, you know, my stomach is hungry, but before I would eat over anything, whether I was happy, ha- angry, hung- uh, joyful, I ate over anything. And today I eat healthy foods when it's my time, and I work the 12 steps. That's where the whole, that's where the whole fills in for me, you know. I needed to find a power greater than myself and work the 12 steps the way they're laid out. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Liz T., you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Liz T., a recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. And thank you for everyone on the line this morning doing service. And, um, you know, this paragraph, uh, when I was new to the program and new to studying the big books, was paramount for me. Um, I had to personalize this um, paragraph, and I remember um, my sponsor had me read it in the first person, and that was really powerful for me, and I do that with sponsees as well. So I eat compulsively essentially because I like the effect produced by my alcoholic foods and behaviors. This sensation is so elusive that while I admit it is injurious or harmful, I cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. To me, my compulsive overeating life seems like the only normal one. Um, and so for me, you know, 
Go ahead, Liz. Keep going. Or did we lose you, Liz? Are we still on? Liz, go ahead. Can you still hear me okay? The man ah. started talking to me. The oh, little recording. Uh, the little okay, recording. Sorry. No, talking. go ahead. We can hear you now. We lost okay. you for a, about 10 seconds. Okay, okay. So um, that elusive or slippery feeling, that is what I was chasing when I was chasing an effect from the food. And today, now as the food has been down for over a year, um, I ha- have found that I have other things that pop up, you know, other um, tendencies, compulsions, addictions. And so this paragraph has been paramount for me in seeing how I function in the world and how my insanity of doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results or knowing the result and doing it anyway is even more insanity, um, how that can affect many areas of my life with my um, character defects or, sorry about my dog, people-pleasing or um, negative thinking. And so I need a spiritual awakening. I need the effect from the steps have a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps like we're promised in step 12 um, to remove these compulsions on a daily basis and to have neutrality around the food and for that I'm very very grateful thank you I'll pass thanks Liz okay Tina S take it away I think it was Pia oh is that you Tia this is Tina but I think oh, it was okay. TMS because I didn't say, I mean, oh, I, for now, thank anyway. You. I appreciate that. Uh, Tia, are, are, is that you? Was that you? Uh, well, I beg your pardon if I missed you, Tia. Thank you, Tina, for your help. Okay, well, we're going to open it up for some more shares. And if, Tia, you want to chime in, uh, Tia, uh, that yes. would be great. I, I'm here. <laughs> Amen, oh. Tia S. Okay, go ahead then, Tia. Great, go ahead. Thank you, thank you. We'll thank take, you, Amy, we'll for take you, and then we'll do. Uh, we'll take the next round of. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, can I go? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, sure. Please. Perfect. This is P.S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater uh, in Florida, and um, oh boy, this. Um, this when I first came into the program and I heard about this, I was so amazed because um I knew that I had problems with food and and earlier in the chapter uh it talks about how I am allergic to certain foods. But I didn't know that I was chasing an effect from food. That was new to me. So when I learned that, that was so interesting because because uh I could see that when I um, uh, when I knew that I was going to have my binge foods on the way to the store, I could actually start feeling the effect. I would uh, breathe more easily. I would lower my shoulders. Um, and when I got into the store and were able to put those things in my shopping cart, I was like, I was starting to get like ecstatic. And, um, and that was even before I started eating them. So I'm thinking about how strong this effect has on me, these foods um, have on me. And, um, uh, and today, um, I, 
as, uh, since I worked this program and had this uh, uh, psychic change, I don't seek um, the effect from the food anymore. And, and it doesn't have that effect on me either. Uh, something has shifted. And what I do is I work these steps and I get the effect from God. I get that ease and comfort. I get, you know, when, there's, uh, when I have problems, I, I pray and I, and I ask for guidance. And when I get that um, connection, I feel that ease and comfort. It comes over me. And it's so much better than filling that hole inside of me with food, a, a hole that could never be filled. So uh, now I feel it with God. I chase the effect from God instead of the food. Um, I just wanted to share that. And thanks, Amy, for your service. Thank okay. you, Tia. Okay, so we're going to open it up for some more folks. Who would like to share? Linda D. from Connecticut. Okay, hold on. All right, so I've got uh, I got Susan somebody. I didn't get the last initial. I got Reva. Oh, Susan H. Okay, so I got Susan H. Reva P. Tina F. Linda D. Nadia B. Let's go with these gang. Okay, Susan H. You are up. Sorry if I missed you. Try to catch the next one. Susan H, go okay. Ahead, okay, I'm unmuted again. Okay. Um, I liked the effect. I did. I liked the taste, the feel, even that ugh feeling of overfall. I did, and I used that effect when I could most of my life to blank out everything. But over my disease history, over my years in it, I could not differentiate the truth from the false. For example, the true effect was my obesity, my selfishness, my isolation, my dissatisfaction with life and loved ones, my self-loathing. Um, that was the real effect, which I effectively dismissed over the years. I thought those were the causes of my compulsive eating, but it turns out they were the results. I am just glad to review this, look at it again, and uh, know that I don't have to live that way. I'm very grateful to live a different life as the result of my abstinence and working the 12 steps. So life is pretty good, and I'm really glad to be trudging this road with all of you. I will pass. Thank you, Susan H. Reva P., your turn. Go ahead, Good morning. Reva. Good morning. It's uh, Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. This is such a key um, paragraph, and these sentences are so key to me because before this program, I knew what the, do the food was doing to me. It was making me miserable, and it was affecting my weight, and I had to have all different sizes of clothes and shapes of clothes. Um, but I didn't really understand until I came into this program what it was doing for me. Um, and I now understand I ate, you know, there were times I was almost crying while I was eating. So why was I doing it? It wasn't just this love of the taste at all. I needed this effect. And I ate like a drug addict shoots up drugs. It felt just like that. If I was uncomfortable, if I was disturbed, 
if I was too excited, if I was too sad, if I was angry, if I was lonely. Anything and everything was an excuse to eat because I couldn't cope with that buildup of human emotion, with that uncomfortability, with the inner disturbance. I didn't know what to do with it. And the elusiveness, you know, it was so unsatisfying because as people have shared, I'd get the effect for a few seconds, but it's actually that easier, softer way. It seems like the easier way to shoot up on my uh, binge ingredients or alcoholic foods. Um, But after a while, I felt worse. I just felt worse and worse. And then I would eat more again to try to calm that effect. And it was such a terrible, vicious cycle. Um, And I love that I can be educated with this um, meeting, with this book, to understand it's that spiritual hole in my soul. And no substance, no food, no other addiction, if I want to replace it with something else, will fill it. And it's reassuring to know that because I know then what the solution is. And the solution is to put the food down so I'm not triggering the allergy and then seek that effect through work, working on the steps. And you know that spiritual whole, it's limitless. Recovery is not like a finite destination. Um, I'm amazed after years and years that it's, it always can go deeper and deeper. So thank you, God, for the depth and weight of this program um, and that we can now know that there is a way healthier, more satisfying way to live to fill that effect. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Tina F., your turn. Thanks so much, Amy. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, some great stuff. I, You know, I also, when I first came into the rooms, thought, well, you know, I really don't like the effect produced by alcohol or the food, you know, and and that's certainly not why I ate or drank, uh, because I was at the place of just being disgusted, so I didn't like that effect, but until, you know, I started to hear people share, and I did like the effect, you know, there was something in me because I struggled against eating or I struggled against picking up that first drink, so the release was that I just did it. You know, and today I know for, you know, my food addiction, it's a lot about the behaviors. You know, I was certainly disgusted when I was overeating and I felt a high when I wasn't eating, you know, so I I really do relate to, to this, to these sentences today, you know, and I like that it talks about that it's so elusive because it was, you know, and that I could lie to myself. I could not tell the, the truth from the false. And so that kept me in my disease for a very, very long time. And I also liked with the previous, uh, person shared about was there is nothing that can take the place of a power greater than myself to fill that hole in my soul you know because I've tried many other things and I belong to several different 12-step programs because of that you know trying to think that this time you know I'll try this that will that will fix me or this will fix me and today the only thing that I've ever found that really not necessarily fixes me but gives me peace in a way that I've never felt it before is a power greater than myself that shows me that I, I can have a spiritual uh experience or spiritual awakening where my spirit can be awakened through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that I don't have to do the things I used to do and that I could be the person that I always wanted to be and one day at a time that I too can have this thing and with that I'll pass thanks thank you Tina F Linda D your turn 
Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm so uh, relieved and grateful, so grateful to be a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, this week, uh, my sponsor and I, we happen to have the same date of anniversary. Um, she celebrated 14 years plus of real recovered state, and I have five years and one month. And, uh, and I've been in OA um, 37, 38 years. So what's different? Everything is different. When I was um, a little kid, what I wanted, I didn't know words for it. What I wanted was to be loved and to be safe. And uh, I hope I don't start crying. Uh, but I might, and that's okay. Um, the grace of, uh, of God picked me up and carried me to all of you. And I was an atheist. Uh, but I was willing to try. I was uh, set aside prayer and all of that. Big book, steps, and it's uh, 30 some odd years later. And what do you know? God is real. I'm real. And I'm authentic now. I'm not some self-destructive little person or big person. I'm really who I'm meant to be. More and more and more. And I'm guided from inside to live a life second to none, no matter what shit is going on. Excuse the French, but that's what it is. Because sometimes I've created situations out of fear. So I'm very, very grateful to be here and to say to newcomers, try it because it works and it's amazing and magnificent. Thank you. Thank you, Linda B. Nadia B., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you. This is Nadia B., gratefully recovered in Connecticut. And I just wanted to tell you my little story with this two sentences and put my two cents in. One day, um, my father-in-law, who lives in Brazil, came to visit us, and we sat down to eat um, uh, lunch together. We had pasta for lunch, and um, we were, you know, my father-in-law was trying to practice his English, and, um, you know, at the end of lunch, I asked him if he was full, and he said, no, I am satisfied (laughs) and I just laughed and uh, you know I was trying to explain to him that we say we're full here (laughs) and you know I was uh, trying to practice my common English and teach him something else but what I didn't understand is that um, the feeling that he described was his feeling the normal feeling of what happens for normal people Um, when they eat. Um, For someone who doesn't have this allergy, they just feel satisfied. And they never want to feel full or stuffed or um, feeling uncomfortable. And so they don't eat in this way. They don't seek that feeling. Um, And so the difference between the true and the false what is normal and what is abnormal for humans. Um, You know, I was a fool. I didn't understand that what happens for my father-in-law doesn't happen for me when I eat certain 
substances because of what I have. I have this allergy of the body that results in constant, you know, triggering of phenomenon of craving. The effect that I'm seeking is not normal for most people. Um, and the effect that, um, you know, the food gives me is not normal. It is an abnormal reaction to food. Um, and so that is um, something that I wanted to share, and I hope that speaks to someone today, but that I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. Okay, so we've got time for just a couple more shares, so probably one to two. So who would like to jump in? Darian K. Janice P.M. Janice P.M. Who, who was the first one? Dar- Darian. 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 Yep. Darian. A. And the last initial? K. Okay, I think that's what we're going to have. Um, go ahead, Gary. Hi, I'm Darian. Yep. Hi, I'm Darian Kay from the Berkshires, Massachusetts. I'm grateful to be on the line and so good to hear the shares today. Um, I could so relate to what people were saying about um, the high that you get even before you eat the food. It's like the anticipation and the excitedness and like, you know, and then going for the things that you know are going to do it for you. So you've already, you already kind of know what it's going to taste like. And, and sometimes it came in a bag and we brought it home in a bag and like, you know, the whole car would smell and I would just be high. I would be high, literally high. And um, those are the effects of the food. And it's just amazing to know, to have that knowledge because I really just thought, I liked food, like normal people, but it wasn't normal at all. And um, it, I was, I was always um, hungry, but it wasn't a like a gnawing hungry. I didn't really know hunger. I just had a, you know, if it, it, it was funny at college, you know, people used to order in the middle of the night or whatever, and I probably was not hungry, but everyone was eating, and I was just going to partake. Um, there was never like a knowledge of like, oh, I, I'm not hungry, or I've had enough, or gee, I already ate dinner, or whatever. It just never occurred to me. And if something was on my plate, I just finished it, because it, it tasted good. I mean, <laughs> and you know, I have somebody in my life that, like last night, he just left half his meal on his plate. It just, oh, it freaks me out. But um, that's who I am. Bottom line, I am a food addict. I cannot feel satisfied like the person before me shared and um, although today I feel satisfied with my three meals weighed and measured today, I do feel that satisfaction. I can, I can do life in between and thank you, thank you God for that. And with that I'll pass. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Darian. Janice P.M., take us out. Thank you, Amy G. Yes, this is Janice P.M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The effect. Well, I was always chasing the effect. Of course, it started with the food. You know, I wanted to either be stimulated or I wanted, um, or it would just depress me. 
it would bring me down. I want, you know, when I wanted to, I'll give you an example. When I was a teacher and I wanted to, you know, before school, I'd say, geez, you know what, I'm going to go get some donuts because that'll stimulate me. I'll get, you know, I'll be active. I'll, you know, I won't be tired, blah, blah, blah. And so that's what I did. I wouldn't get asparagus. See, I don't like asparagus. I mean, that wouldn't stimulate me. So you see, we knew, I knew what type of foods would stimulate me and 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 never mind depress me because um, I was looking for the effect of what certain foods at the time in the beginning did for me. I wasn't thinking what it would do to me, that it would bring me down. I was just looking for the for me in the beginning, and uh, it would. But see, it also did something for me as a depressant. When I came home from school teaching, I would say, "Geez, I think I'll go get this food, that food, and then I'll take, and then I'll be able to take a nap." So I used it for a depressant. You see, <laughs> everything was let me let let me eat this so that I'll be stimulated and I'll have you know I'll be active, and let me have this food so that I can take a nap and go to sleep. That's why some a lot of the times I would eat before I I went to bed for the night because that would put me to sleep. So I didn't know what I what I was thinking. Um, the thing is, it's it, you know certain, and then it, and then I would get up and be shameful and and you know I would be so shameful and remorse and all that. So now um, now the effect I lost my train of thought. But anyway, um, the thing I, I know now is I don't need that effect from the food oh, or behaviors that increased with the increase of this disease because this disease is progressive. It would be fine if it just did that, but it doesn't stay there. It gets worse and worse and worse, and it goes to other addictions, in my case, and uh, other behaviors because I was always searching, searching to fill that hole. I didn't know it at the time, but I was searching for the emotions that I, would keep me mm, balanced. Never happened. Um, but now the best effect that I can get, and that's the, I believe, the purpose that I'm here is to enjoy the joy from helping somebody else. I mean, if you, you might say, oh, that's kind of ridiculous, but it isn't. That is the best joy. I don't need any food. I don't need a gamble. I don't need to find somebody that's going to make me feel good. I've got it by helping somebody else. I don't need anything else because that's the purpose that I'm here for. And I'm becoming the woman, um, you know, the, the wife, uh, even though my husband's passed, um, the mother that God wants me to be. And that's the best thing that anything can do for me. And uh, now I know the truth. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice TM. Okay, I have one minute here. So would someone like to take one minute? I think I heard Russ. Was that Russ in there that I heard? Somebody I missed? Uh, Ramona A. Okay, Ramona, you've got about 30 seconds now. Sorry, I thought it was a minute, and then it switched over. So uh, just put in a quick word there, okay? Okay, Ramona A. recovered in Vermont. And all I can say is that when people talk about or when I think about the idea of just eating one or something like a normal eater, 
I cannot even imagine what it must feel like to be a normal eater and be able to put it down. So the only thing that I can do is go to um, go to my higher power and have God fill that place. Thanks. Bye. So well said, Ramona. And on that note, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so much to everyone who shared. What an awesome meeting. And thank you so much to all those who gave service today as readers. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Um, I'll get you the share ID uh, in a moment here uh, for today's meeting. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, Deb W., could you please read A Vision for You? Yes, good morning. Deb W. recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of Happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.